We have some audio to dissect from Mitch Kupchak just a day before the draft. We get right to it right here on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets a day before the draft. We appreciate you for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. And if you are watching us on YouTube, we are going live at a very odd time. But it's draft season, so things get crazy. 4 p.m. Eastern, we're live with you. Check us out. Locked On Hornets channel on YouTube. Check Doug out, his Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3. So really an hour after I'm off the air going right back to it. You, you can also check out my interview that I had with Nick Carboni of WCNC. Wow. So going all over the place, man, uh, real quickly, before we dive into some of this audio, did want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of locked on. You can make every moment more visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. If you visit FanDuel and you look up the NBA draft betting odds and you go to that number two overall pick selection, Brandon Miller, currently the favorite. It changed dramatically from yesterday. Brandon Miller is at minus 650 to be the second overall pick. Scoot Henderson at plus 370. Now, Doug, if you hold out hope, such as what you have been doing, then you might reference last year's instance That's where right. you had Jonathan Gavoni, Adrian Wojnarowski. Everyone thought that Jabari Smith was going to be the number one overall pick and that Woj would even tweet out, hey, this order's set. Jabari is going to go one, Chet Holmgren two, Paolo Boncaro three, one and three would flip. Paolo would be the number one selection for the Orlando Magic. Can you get that to happen two times in a row? What say you? Well, you never know. I mean, I, I think that's what anyone that wants Scoot to be the pick, I think that that's what they have to hold on to at this point is the debacle that happened last year when Woj didn't Woj bomb. He Woj bombed it by, by trying to get out in front of everything. And instead, he got out in front of a Mack truck, which was the Orlando Magic, uh, just steamrolling everyone at that point and going completely away from Vegas. You know, Vegas did flip, uh, you know, and and it did, it did happen before the draft. Uh, so... You know, I, I think there's still an opportunity for that, but I'm, I, you know, I have to sit here and deal with reality too. And the reality is that a lot of these reports that that are coming out right now seem to indicate that the Hornets are looking at Brandon Miller for that second overall selection. But things are happening right now. I mean, the media, as we speak, seems to be talking to Brandon Miller in Brooklyn. Uh, the Celtics, Clippers, and Wizards are in a big trade talk for KP. I mean, th just news is swirling at this yeah. point. Brandon Miller thinks that Paul George is the goat of all basketball, which everyone is just kind of going nuts over right now. Let me just say, if Brandon Miller does think he's going to be the pick and he thinks Michael Jordan is going to make the selection, then I guess it would be a smart move not to declare LeBron James the goat. You know, you don't want to right. until the pen is on paper, right? Until you've got the, the papers signed, you don't want to do anything to mess up the deal. Uh, so maybe he was just trying to avoid declaring LeBron the goat over MJ. Well, I mean, you would you would think Michael might also get mad for saying he's worse than Paul George. Though. No, he wouldn't. So, no, he wouldn't because okay. the, the because that is so ridiculous. It, it's it's a joke, right? Lo, lo, yeah, Michael Jordan would hear that and go, "Oh, I get it. He's telling a funny joke." 
that's yeah i don't know about we'll see we'll see what mj says we don't even know if he's got final say because it was very confusing when mitch kupchak was speaking to media earlier today at 11 o'clock i did want to just give you a main takeaway as those comments were rolling in doug because we did not have a zoom link did not we could not click on anything to watch it live. And so we were at the mercy of everyone like Nick Carboni, Rod Boone, people putting out some of those clips and then giving us a live tweet and a live thread on uh, what was happening. And for, for the most part, or at least at first, I was like, all right, this was a pretty high risk for disaster to have Mitch Kupchak come in at 11 o'clock the day before the draft and say something stupid, it did seem like something was going to happen because he's not great at the messaging with the people. For the most part, I thought it was good. And then we got confusion on who was going to have final say, how much Michael Jordan was going to be involved. And so then we kind of got to the, all right, well, here's where the messaging gets a little weird. Um, where did you want to start with Mitch uh, Kupchak's comments? Uh, what was the thing that stood out to you first and foremost? Uh, that he almost immediately cleaned up those comments that he had in May right after after the lottery, confirming the suspicions that you and I had, which were that he uh, just wasn't wasn't really prepared for the Hornets to have slid up to number two and, and may have mm -hmm. uh, spoken a little bit out of turn. And then people took those comments and assumed that the Hornets were going to be completely focused on fit. But I think as a lot of people on uh, Twitter and, and different things pointed out that they may think that Brandon Miller is the best player available, but it's just nice to hear that they are thinking that way and that they could make that justification because I think what would have made you and I more frustrated than anything is if this team makes the Brandon Miller pick because of fit alone, because of what it means to put him beside LaMelo Ball as opposed to putting Scoot Henderson beside LaMelo Ball. I would like them, if they're going to make this pick, if they're going to make Brandon Miller the future of this franchise, I would like someone to come out and tell me exactly what they saw in those workouts because they didn't, you know, they didn't make any, either of those players available to the media for us to find out how those workouts went. Uh, they didn't make any footage available. So, you know, they're not going to leak anything. I need some, the fans need some justification and it can't be fit. It's got to be that they feel like Brandon Miller is the best player available. Yeah, and they're going to sell it, uh, sell that to us, whoever they select. Even if they think Brandon Miller is the better fit, they are going to sell us that Brandon Miller was the better overall player. And I hope that they truly believe it and they're not just selecting him because he's the quote optimal fit, to use a phrase that Jake Fisher was using in his reporting yesterday. I hope that they really do believe Brandon Miller is the best fit. But I am glad that he was cleaning up those comments. And it did seem genuine. I do think that he was being genuine when discussing we're not at a point right now. A couple of years ago, I said, we just need to get all the talent that we can. And that's still the same thing. But maybe we're closer to looking at fit, but they're still not there yet. And so they'll be taking the best player available. So you had that reaction for what reason? Well, I, I think it is pretty hilarious that right here at seemingly the end of Mitch Kupchak's tenure, maybe it, maybe it happens after this season. Who knows when it's going to end? But I think we we can all see that that this is coming to an end with Michael Jordan leaving as majority governor of the Charlotte Hornets, right? I mean, th this new this new ownership group is going to eventually install their own regime, right? And so we get to the end of the game, and finally he admits, finally he admits where this Hornets team is, where it's been for several seasons now, because we've had other press conferences with Mitch Kupchak where you and I left the left the comments going, wait a minute, does this guy yeah. does he have really a firm understanding? <laughs> 
of the talent level that's on this roster because it seemed like constantly they were overestimating it that they that they felt like that that this team was built to compete as opposed to needing to go out and find talent to actually compete for a playoff spot or to get out of the play in and into the playoffs and they got the door slammed on them twice in the play in and you and I were going yeah the, the, this is a roster that gets the, the door slammed on it, and, and they couldn't see that. Now it seems they finally see that. The other thing I'll say it's too late to see it. The other thing I'll say about the odds, it's the fact that Mitch Kupchak was telling you earlier today as well, they have not reached out to any of the players and told them that they're going to be the pick. Any report that is telling you Brandon Miller is going to be the second overall selection is had in a roundabout way, which is fine. There are ways to go about it if you're an NBA journalist. Jake Fisher talked about that literal thing when we had him on WFNZ a couple of weeks ago. It's not this concrete vault that, you know, is a sword of the stone type of nugget that you can get from the Hornets, but it's pretty hard to get any information from them. And they're not telling anybody who that pick is as far as Mitch Kupchak telling Brandon Miller, telling Scoot Henderson, Michael Jordan, whoever. So, it's still coming from outside sources and you still have to believe that there was some leak in the armor somewhere. The other thing is, man, if you, if you believe that they're going to take best player available, if you believe that the workouts are going to point in one certain direction, apparently scoot killed it and Brandon Miller did better than his first time, but scoot is two for two on good workouts. Brandon Miller seems to be one of two on really good workouts and so who knows how much weight that's going to carry as far as who they select number two overall. Um, Mitch Kupchak's still not telling you. He's not going to let you know. And, and maybe there maybe there is still this uh, decision that comes down to the wire, and it's really a last-minute decision for him um, before they have to send that card in. We'll continue to talk a little more about the Mitch Kupchak audio. Did you want to read comments, have any final thoughts, or did you want to go straight to the second segment? Casual Hindu saying, don't get cute. Draft Scoot. Zone Reed saying, Miller is the best player. Uh, so, obviously, it's conflicted in the chat. We've got Ben Hito saying, Topo. Yeah, we didn't get a good Topo. <laughs> Things are getting yes. too crazy right now. Uh, TZ83 said, he looked pretty serious about his PG goat claim. What this is to <laughs> me, this is to me a classic case of young guy, not media trained. And so he's going out there. I think what he probably wanted to communicate, because we've heard him speak on this a few times, is that he grew up watching Paul George. He's modeled his game after Paul George. He wants to focus on the defensive end in a way that Paul George does, become a two-way player. Like, you know, he's spoken on this a lot. And so that was probably just a clumsy way to say that. But you don't say that. You don't become a meme mere hours before you're about to be drafted in the top three. Just like avoid being a meme. It's like avoid the noid, avoid being a meme. And so far he's failed that test. Uh, yeah, uh, Brandon Miller, either that or people had a big problem with his Paul George take and Wimby's Star Wars take where he said Attack of the Clones is one of the best Star Wars movies out there. <laughs> people had a big old problem with that. So maybe he falls to the Hornets after that. Who knows how big of a, a fan of Star Wars San Antonio is. All right, coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have more audio. We have more thoughts from Mitch Kupchak. Who's making this selection? Is it Michael Jordan or is it Mitch? 
the head of basketball operations, Cupcheck. We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. You never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and even burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you are interested in therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists too anytime for no additional charge if you find that necessary. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. You can do that today. You can get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com, slash LockedOnNBA. More to come, Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. Are we sure that, like, everyone interprets a handful as five? I, I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm, say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's the whole five <laughs> things in my hand? Look, one, this is a pen, a book, I got okay. a phone. Yeah, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, There's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Who's making the pick? There was some confusion there. We had Mitch Kupchak saying he was going to make final call. Then he said Michael Jordan was going to make final call or that was interpreted as such. I think we all settled on Mitch's comments at least suggesting he was going to make the final decision, but that Michael Jordan was going to be heavily involved and that he might even play devil's advocate and might even debate Mitch Kupchak, healthy debate, saying, hey, are you sure you want to take this guy? I I love Michael being the devil's advocate saying, hey, what about this one? I I just, you you don't want MJ to win for the, you you don't want that to happen in those debates. Maybe Mitch is like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Let's go with your guy instead. What do you make of the comments there from Mitch? If Michael Jordan is heavily involved in the debate, then Michael Jordan is making the decision, okay? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. If Michael Jordan says, this is who I want, and Mitch Kupchak says, okay, yeah, that's who I want too, then Michael made the decision, okay? Then they're, you know, they're technically on the same page. You know, Mitch Kupchak said they're on the same page a lot. Yeah, you're on the same page with someone when they say, hey, do this thing, and you go, Aye, aye, Captain. Like, you're on the same page, <laughs> yeah. right? So um, I just think this decision is too consequential for the Charlotte Hornets franchise that Michael Jordan will, will remain part of. We don't know about Mitch Kupchak. We don't know if he's going to remain part of it, but we do know mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan will still have an investment in this team. It's too consequential. Uh, I, I hope they are in some way – involving this new ownership group, Plotkin and Schnall. Well, they say uh, they are, by the way. Mitch Kupchak did say that. That's good. I think they should be involved somewhat, know what they're getting, um, especially if a trade is on. You know, I think Scoot and Brandon, you know, that's fine. If they want to make that decision, fine. But if there's going to be a trade involved that that puts a major contract and several years of a major contract on the books, then I definitely think the new owner should be involved in that kind of decision. But, you know, I think Michael Jordan's going to make this decision. It's a legacy decision for him. If he gets this right, I think a lot of people, if if Scooter Brandon Miller become an all-NBA player and help lead this team to an Eastern Conference Finals, then I think that the on-the-court script for Michael Jordan as owner of this franchise flips a little bit in people's minds. They go, well, you know, 
you know, it was a tough run while he was in there, but look what he did for the team right as he went out the door. And so he has that opportunity. I don't think he's going to leave that. With all due respect to our guy, Mitch Kupchak, I don't think the GOAT, regardless of what Brandon Miller thinks, I don't think the GOAT is going to leave that in the hands of Mitch Kupchak. Well, this is kind of a legacy pick for Mitch Kupchak, too. And what I love about this is that he has nothing to lose, though. So if Michael Jordan, I'm saying if, if he really leaves it in the hands of Mitch Kupchak to have final say, then Mitch is like, I'm going to take who I want. I don't care how heavily influenced Michael Jordan wants to be, you know, or wants to what kind of effect he wants to have on me because I'm going to be gone anyway. I mean, it looked like I was going to be gone last year. So if Mitch really does have power to make this final decision, which at least Jonathan Gavoni told you that he was, who knows? You've called him phony Gavoni. But if Mitch is actually going to do this, then yeah, he's like, all right, I'm about to be gone from the organization. No one, I'm not going to be back as the GM. Let's see. I'll just go with who I think is the best guy. And then I'll be without a job and I'll just, you know, ride off into the sunset with Scoot or Brandon Miller being that player. So it'll be interesting to see MJ, Mitch Kupchak and some of the reports that come out after all of this. I'm just I'm just saying that I believe this in my bones. It is pure speculation because, look, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to be inside the war room. I don't know. But I just believe it in my bones that Michael Jordan is going to after I think after several years of handing the keys to Mitch Kupchak and saying, I trust you. You've made good decisions in the past. I'm going to leave this to you. And and he stepped back. But I think after several years of doing that, he is going to channel full original owner of the Bobcats, Michael Jordan, and he's going to step in and make this call. I just believe it in my bones. Um, What were some of the other comments that stood out to you, Doug? Because we can get to the five overall draft picks. He does not anticipate them selecting a player at every single draft pick that you probably aren't going to be having those many players, but you could trade them. You know, you could yeah, probably number two, you select 27. Who knows? The other one, I guess, is we can get to this is that he's he's not going to um, declare them as 100 percent taking somebody at number two that they're still going to leave all their options on the table. And if you start to receive some of these trade calls, then maybe you do pull that trigger. He did say there are interesting names that have been offered to him. He said, you wouldn't believe <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the names. You wouldn't, that have believe, been, uh, you wouldn't believe the names. I know. That's what I want to as well. <laughs> no, you wouldn't believe I know the best people, the best players. They're all the best. You wouldn't believe it. That's what Mitch Kupchak was telling us. What did you make of Paul George? Comments? Paul, look, it, you know, if goat. he thinks if Brandon Miller really thinks that Paul George is the goat and and you think Brandon Miller is a smart guy and a smart player, then mm-hmm. maybe instead you just say, I'm going to, uh, you know, go ahead and skip the line, evolve the Pokemon to its full form and say, instead of Brandon Miller, you just trade that pick and go Paul George. Who knows? I mean, it seems like LAC may want a little soft reset. I, w- I don't know that if I'd totally be interested in that, but, um, you know, I think it is going to get crazy at number two. Although I think most teams at this point, I think they're they're sniffing out three. I think three and four are going to be the the trade targets. I'm not sure that two gets it. I'm not sure that there's going to be a huge haul for two because I think enough people are just going to wait and see what Charlotte does. I don't think it's that consequential um, that they would well, give up what you have to give up to get to number two. See, now there have been – yeah, I'm glad you brought this up okay. because if the Pelicans really want Scoot Henderson – and you want control of the draft, kind of like what Carolina did when they traded up to number one, then the only way you truly solidify yourself getting Scoot Henderson is if you trade up to number two. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say you believe in the reporting 
and you just think Brandon Miller is going to be the guy. Then you wait at number three. Don't make any phone calls until the Blazers are on the clock. Brandon Miller is a Charlotte Hornet. And then you start saying, all right, you can have Zion. You don't want Zion. All right, cool. Brandon Ingram will do this, whatever. Maybe that happens. The other thing is, if Woj is right about how most NBA teams have Brandon Miller second on their board, and all the reports are coming in about Brandon Miller being that second overall pick, then wouldn't it behoove NBA teams to possibly look up and trade for Brandon with the Charlotte Hornets to solidify getting that guy? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they just don't believe they can get Brandon Miller. Maybe. But the Hornets could be playing this as, we're going to say that Brandon is the guy. It's going to leak through whoever. Yes. And then we're going to field a lot more of these calls. Yes. And if we don't like anything, we'll just take the guy we want to because we have control of the draft post Wimby. But if we do like something, then we'll pull the trigger on that trade, move back, select who we want there and recoup all these assets. Uh, there still are things to be played here by the Charlotte Hornets. If you were um, working in some kind of conspiracy. Yeah, but I, I think it's a nice thought that, you know, if all these teams want to control their destiny, they can move up to two. You know, it's, it just seems simple. You, you want to go, you yeah. want Scoot, go to two. I think the That's problem, how the Panthers operated, yeah. Right. I, well, I think the problem is that, the, the, or this might be the problem, that the Hornets are setting that price really high because there's no one above them. They control the process. And when you have control of the process, you can set that bar um, significantly higher. And so, you know, I, I think that's why I, I feel like teams are going to target three and four after they see what the Charlotte Hornets do um, to try to make that move if they want to move up or not. Um, so, yeah, I, it's going to get really interesting. I didn't see any surprises from these comments from Mitch Kupchak. It was a lot of confirmation of things that you and I uh, thought in terms of this coming down to the wire. I still do believe that. I don't think the decision is made yet. I still think they're going to talk about it because, you know, these are two different players. And and as we've seen in our YouTube comments and, and a lot yeah. of Twitter, there, there are people that can make vehement cases for both of these players and legitimate cases. I was reading uh, this Thorpe article on True Hoop today talking about how, look, Brandon Miller, he played in the SEC. Yeah, sure. He faded down the stretch and, and wasn't a factor as much in that SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament, but he played in a situation where college coaches aren't afraid to bench guys if they're not playing well. There's just more pressure in those situations than there is when you're playing in G League Ignite. When there isn't, the competition might be higher just from a player perspective, like the players that are playing in G League Ignite are pro are, are closer pro level players than than Brandon Miller was facing night in and night out playing in the SEC, where only a few of those SEC guys are going to be sort of top tier or even mid tier or lower tier draft guys. Okay. But the the level of competition and what you're playing for is significantly different in college basketball than it is in G League Ignite, where it, it's more of a, hey, we're showcasing ourselves individually to try to get a look in the NBA. And that's a, that's a compelling argument. I'll be honest, as a scoot guy, that's a compelling argument to me. So you can make those arguments, and those arguments are going to be made back and forth in that war room between Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak and whoever else he has in there. Uh, but ultimately, I think MJ is going to make this pick. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and look, the competition thing, we got one game that was crazy highly anticipated from Scoot, and he went bananas against Wimby. That was as yep. antici highly anticipated a G League game that I can remember. And, you know, Brandon Miller is not going to get benched. Nate Oates didn't bench him. 
you know, he played 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. He did his best. I'll, I'll give Brandon Miller this. He did his very best to get benched and couldn't do it. <laughs> and, and and by the way, I'm not saying Nate Oates should have benched him. He shouldn't. That's your best player. You ride or die with Brandon Miller out there on the floor. So we'll see what kind of pressure and uh, what kind of pressure is is brought to Brandon as the number two pick. Same thing with Scoot Henderson. We don't know. We don't know. I You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say Scoot. I don't want to say Brandon at this point because I think yeah. it's absolutely wide open and you're just going to have to tune in to the Lockdown Hornets live draft special June 22nd at 7 p.m. right here on YouTube. I'll be joined by David Walker and Nada Edwards from the Ion College Basketball Podcast. It's going to be an amazing time. We've got a studio set up in Charlotte. That's right. I'm going back to the Queen City. Walker's going to call in uh, after the pick is made. Nick Carboni, uh, who's not phony Carboni at all. He is legit. He's getting us these quotes. He's doing the work so that we don't have to. Carboni is going to be on the show as well during our uh, pre-draft show. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and turn your notifications to on. In fact, you can already put up the sort of standby video for the live draft special. So you can go ahead and click that. And as soon as we go live, you'll get notified. Um, I like the idea of competing shows because guess when my show starts at 1058 <laughs> starts at seven o'clock. We're going from seven to eight. That's right, and so you are I. you. Um, v1. Just- just go on YouTube. Seriously, just uh, help us out on YouTube. Go click there, and then maybe you can have me on in the background. It would be it'll be just like this. You know, you'll listen to Doug. I'll be on in the background, and you'll be focusing on his takes. That'll be well. Fine. Here's here's what I would suggest. You're doing your radio show is going to be where? Where are you going to do this? Ten fifty eight. Thomas Davis's bar and restaurant in Uptown. It'll so great. So here's my suggestion to fans that are local. You go there. And then you just stare at Walker and you stare. I mean, full eyes wide open, closed hands on the eyes. You stare at Walker while you have the noise canceling headphones in listening to the YouTube show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I want you to get as close as you can. And we're not going to tell Wes either. So Wes is going to be really scared as to what's happening and why everyone is staring at us. All right. Last segment coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet give our final thoughts on what Mitch Kupchak had to say. Also try to get through some of these questions, some of these comments you are putting in the YouTube comment section. We have Doug, is this as many people that have been watching live with us? Did we set a record today? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Concurrent viewers. Absolutely. All right. So we have plenty of content. If you want to help us, we're going to outsource because we're being lazy right now. So please feel free to ask a question, give us a comment, and we'll try to address that in the third segment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's baseball season. It's in full swing. And there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to stack a no sweat first bet $1,000 when you join FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, it's the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Huge breaking news here on the show, folks. This is oh, incredible. No. I don't care if you like Scoots. I don't care if you like Brandon. This this news is going to make you smile. Slam Ball has signed a two-year media rights deal with the worldwide leader ESPN oh, no will officially return next month. Slam Ball. Let's go. I'm excited. I'd like to play. I'm definitely scared that I would get injured, but I'd like to play. Did you ever watch it when it was on in its heyday? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Little slam ball battle bots back to back. Come on. Let's go. Um, what position would you be? <laughs> it's, I imagine you flying through the air with those golden red locks behind you trying to dunk it on one of the protectors. It was, I think they literally named their position like rim protector. What would you play, Doug? That's what, so you got it wrong. I would not be the, the, the ball slammer. I would be the ball protector. I okay. would be, I want to sit right under the basket. It's so, it's such a troll position. It's perfect for me. I just yeah. sit under the basket. I don't have to run. I don't have to get sweaty. I just go, I just a little gentle jog towards the rim jump up as high as i can and block it that's great i love it um all right let's get to some of these comments uh i did have sam mcglynn right in do you think Lamelo and scoot can both become good defenders and i guess we can even parlay that into a question about them working defensively in the backcourt i do think that's a legitimate concern even as fans of scoot defensively you are talking about someone listed at six four by the portland and the charlotte workouts so that's two inches bigger than what he was originally measured at. So Scoot Henderson coming in at 6'4", being strong. Yes, I do think Scoot Henderson can be a good defender. And both of them just have to buy in. Steve Clifford is a defensive guy. But, yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. No, and I think, too, Scoot's a floor slapper. Like, Scoot, he, he brings that kind of intensity, and he understands what's <laughs> going to win in the NBA and win championships. And I, I think he would come in with that intensity on both ends of the floor. I don't think you're going to have to ever worry about – Scoot Henderson slacking on a possession. But I understand if you're a fan of Brandon Miller, why you would think he would be the better defender because he showed it right. to you in college. Like, I mean, he can stay in front of guys. Multi he's He is the sort of quintessential wing that can defend, you know, two through four, maybe even five. And, you know, that's, that is something that is super enticing for a Hornets team that has lacked that kind of versatility on the defensive end. I mean, we've gone through multiple years now where they've defended on, where they've depended on PJ Washington to be their three and D player. They've depended on PJ Washington to guard Jimmy Butler. Like you just you don't want to be in that position. And and, and PJ, to his credit, has has done a very good job developing that lockdown part of his game. But you'd ra I think you'd rather depend on players that are built more like what you expect you know, Brandon Miller to get to. So I, I understand that, but I think Scoot can, again, his reads on blocks, his block timing, his ability to steal the basketball, I think would make the Hornets the, I've said this before, it would make them the best transition team in the NBA. Uh, Jamil Jimenez wrote in, if we draft Brandon Miller, do we re-sign Miles Bridges and PJ Washington? If yes, how does that rotation work? Uh, I don't think it precludes you from signing PJ Washington, especially if we're talking about Brandon Miller playing some two guard. I, I think we talked about who gets pushed out of the rotation earlier today on WFNZ. Something we didn't bring up here, Doug, Cody Martin's kind of affected either way you go, because if you're Cody Martin and you are the shooting guard or small forward, wherever, well, 
you're affected. Your minutes are affected with Scoot or Brandon Miller coming in and playing because Brandon can play some two. Scoot won't play any three, but Brandon certainly will. And maybe you even try to stretch him into some four, although I don't think you would want him defending with his thin frame right now. I do think that PJ Washington pretty clearly a four and small ball five. So I don't think that would preclude you from signing PJ Washington at all. I think you bring back Miles Bridges and PJ. What say you? Yeah, I don't think it precludes you from doing that. Certainly not Miles Bridges, but PJ, does it preclude you from really maxing out what he wants dollar figure wise? Are you willing to make that commitment, um, especially on like a longer term contract? Um, if you know that probably as the years go on, his role uh, might diminish, you know, suddenly PJ is not a guy that you might envision being a starter unless you really feel like it can all work like a jumbo lineup with Brandon Miller at the two, but that's like a future thing. That's not a next year thing. I might not even be a two years from now thing. You know, I think he slots more easily um, into the three short term. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough call that contract number. And then again, we're in the same situation. The Hornets are in the same situation as they are in this draft. You've got guys making those decisions that aren't going to be a part of the long-term future of the team. Um, So that all gets very interesting when you're talking about spending other people's money. So, yeah, I think it definitely does it on Miles Bridges. PJ, I'm a little bit more questionable on at that point. If you go Miller, now if you go Scoot, then I, then I think definitely. The, the thing is, PJ, the money thing is the thing for me because talent-wise, it's a no-brainer. You bring back as much talent as you can lock in at a, at a, at a good price, you bring all that talent back because this team needs depth that needs talent um, if it's going to compete in the playoffs, and, and PJ and and – you know, Miles fit that bill uh, on the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, Gordon Hayward, you're probably going to trade. He's not a long-term guy, so it's nice to have front court depth. This goes to hold the whole, hey, let's just get the most talent. So Gordon Hayward out, PJ, let's say 18, 20 million. You have Miles Brandon. That is your 3-4 lineup that you have with those three guys. JT Thor, more Thor movement, looking down for for uh, that that group of people. If uh, true, but it never looked, I mean, like I wasn't expecting Thor to ever start for this team or even have like a Hmm. significant, you know, seven, eight role. Like I always thought, Hey, that doesn't sound like the head of the more Thor movement to me that that sounds like maybe uh, I'll, I'll just kind of tag along and see. That sounds like you were in the passenger seat, not necessarily the driver. No, you're so wrong because more Thor, (laughs) you're talking about a guy that was not playing more Thor just represented, Hey, instead of like 13th or 14th guy, can we get this guy, Mm. you know, to like ninth or 10th in the rotation? That would have been a a drastic improvement. And we saw that. And I think there's a chance that he hangs on to that position because he does represent length. He does represent defense. He does represent, you know, availability, um, which was something that was one of the best abilities anyone could have for the Charlotte Hornets last season. He's a tough guy. Uh, Clifford seems to love him. So I think there's a place for that guy. I think there's a place for Cody because, look, you know, oh, this, team, is. Yeah. this team is going to go through injuries. They're, they're going to need as much talent as possible. And, you know, slotting those guys in for a month, two months, you know, or and as we saw with Miami, look at how Miami got to the finals. It was all about, hey, 
next guy up. If a guy gets injured, we've got two guys that can replace him. And also, if we need a bench wrench because of a certain matchup, like you got to bring back as much talent as possible. So I don't think it means they're on the outs necessarily, but it certainly is going to impact yeah. their minutes in the short term when you bring a guy as high profile as Miller or Scoot. You got to find significant minutes for those players. Yeah, just who's affected the most. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to get cut, but yeah, who's affected the most. So is there any other uh, question or comment you want to get to or do you want to end it for today, Doug? Listen, people, you know, just hold on. We're, we're almost there. Um, you know, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. My chat is completely frozen right now. I can't even see <laughs> these. Okay. So I'm just going to, you know, just all the sickos out there, just hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you at 7 o'clock tomorrow uh, with our live show. It's going to be amazing. Um, and I can't wait, honestly, because – at this point, I just want them to make a decision, and then we all get to talk about it. I, I think it should be Scoot, obviously. Um, what, you know, is it going to be a catastrophic mistake? Probably if they pass on Scoot. Uh, but you know, we are entering we are entering a new era, um, so we can at least take some solace in that but we'll see man it's gonna get crazy i can't wait oh man and uh high vibe he wrote in walker loves me i guess these uh i do love you i appreciate you writing in everything high vibe he said gordon's already hurt next year so that sucks yeah tough Well, that's gonna make that you know that's gonna make it way easier to uh wrench all of these players in and that's a good you know that's a good point we don't know the future of terry rozier or gordon hayward on this team i think those are still huge question marks it becomes a bigger one for Gordon if it's Miller. It becomes a bigger one for Terry if it's Scoot. And so they'll find a way uh, to to get these players the minutes. And and honestly, like if you're talking about, you know, Terry or Gordon versus some of keeping these role players, if we're talking about the future, because this team is not going to compete for an Eastern Conference Finals next season, I would rather see this team invest in some of those role players that they feel like have a shot at becoming the eighth, ninth, tenth guy on the rotation as opposed to letting them go to Miami and help them get to another finals. Let's hold on to those guys and see what you can get out of some of these other bigger contracts of guys that have gotten plenty of minutes before and haven't really affected their ability to make the playoffs. All right. That'll do it for us today. Tomorrow it's judgment day. Who's going to be the guy. Is it going to be Scoot Henderson? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? We'll all find out together. You can watch us live on this YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. Well, we will be doing the YouTube live show and then that'll come out obviously wherever you get your pods seven o'clock, Doug, any other information you want to tell the people? Um, grab your popcorn. It's going to be amazing. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. All right. I like, I like ending on a TO segment. Um, also in a comment, I should say also you can check me out on WFNZ. Uh, we'll be doing my live show from 7 to 8, and maybe you can hang out at 1058 as well. It feels weird trying to promote two shows happening at the same time. Split your time however you want to. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Lockdown NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Draft day tomorrow. Be there. We'll see you then. 